It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone. We are on the other side of the deadline, and we are getting ready for the San Jose Sharks to take on Washington coming up at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Live pregame coverage starts at 2.30 right here on the Sharks Audio Network. And I have to go to this tweet from friend of the Audio Network, Corey Massasak, who covers the Sharks for The Athletic. But he put this out. He says, under 25 players, under the age of 25, I should say, uh, from the Sharks in 2021 who are no longer with the organization. Rudolph Balsers, Jonathan Dolan, Jasper Weatherby, Nicholas Maloche, Lane Peterson, Nick Merkley, Zach Sachenko, Jaden Hoglebox, John Leonard, Scott Reedy, Ryan Merkley, and Santori Hatika. I mean, that is just a wild amount of change in terms of players and prospects and ultimately redefining the core of what will be the future of the Sharks. And I think that that's... You know, that's what Mike Greer was brought in to do. You had to restock the system. You had to bring in young players. You had to try and figure out guys that you saw in his vision. And we never had any clue that the vision that Doug Wilson was putting in place was going to be one that was continued by Mike Greer. No one had any idea of what was going to happen next. And so I think that in that capacity, it is definitely a stark change. And it really shows of how much different the future of the Sharks is going to be compared to what the last few years have been. And, you know, obviously Doug Wilson was known for his deadline magic, the deals that he made, the players that he brought in, the way he was able to get guys to believe in San Jose and make it work in such an incredible way. Um, You know, Mike Greer is going to have to define his own magic. And someday we may point to a tweet like that and say, yeah, he redid you know, a big part of the farm system and brought in new players and ship guys out and try to re-envision it in his image and mold it and how he wanted to do it. And, you know, we might, again, point to that and say, yeah, it started here. So, again, we are in the midst of it. This is an ongoing process. We don't know exactly what the future holds, but it is exciting. I I give you that. I mean, obviously, we're seeing William Eklund getting called up, which I think we should all be excited for. Um, But I want you to hear from what Mike Greer and what he had to say Um, yesterday when he met with the media after the end of the deadline. This is what he said when he was asked how he felt overall about how things went. Uh, We feel good about it. Um, You know, I think we've added a lot of assets, uh, prospects, and pick-wise to the organization, not to mention, uh, you know, Zetterlin and Andreas, who are kind of helping our NHL team out. So we're happy about it. The staff did a good job. So, um, you know, shout out to those guys. They've, they've worked hard out and put a lot of time in, into it to prepare for the, prepare for the deadline. So, um, you know, right now I think we're happy with the way things went. And he was asked about how long the Bonino trade had been brewing and how it came to fruition. Oh, yeah, there's there was a, you know, a handful of teams that had interest in Nick and and rightfully so, you know, this time of year, that's what you're looking for, the character and that playoff experience and someone who can play in all situations like him. So, um, you know, there was interest, but, you know, we tried to do right by the player and put him in a situation that, um, 
you know, he wanted to go to. And, you know, in a familiar coach, familiar place. So he's got a lot of good memories and a lot of good friends on the team. So, um, you know, once once Pittsburgh really got involved, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think that was probably going to end up being the best outcome for him. The next topic to come up was that of James Reimer. What did he think about the perception that Reimer seemed disappointed to not be going to a contender? Yeah, the, um, yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, it wasn't the right upper opportunity for him or right places for him. And, uh, you know, the goalie market this time of year, it's always difficult to move goalies, goalies this time of year, I think, especially once... Uh, you know, Corpus Allo and, and, and Quick, once those guys went, uh, there was only so many teams that were looking for goalies. And then, as you guys probably saw, it's not so easy to, for everyone to squeeze salary in at this time of year, too. So um, you got to add all that in together. And it was uh, it's, it's tough to tough to make happen for, for a lot of goalies, I think. And this brought up the question of what is next for the San Jose Sharks in terms of their franchise look at the goalie position because I think there are some definite questions um, and for the time being you just kind of don't know what's going to happen next obviously James Reimer his contract is up at the end of the year whereas Capo has one more yeah I think we're it's a, it's an area I think uh, you know most most teams would like to improve and you know there's only you know a handful of teams that probably love their goaltending and you know so for us we're going to We'll look into it and try and try and improve the organi- organizational depth. Like you said, uh, I think everyone's kind of on the on the lookout for a number a number one goalie, whether you drafted or free agent or, or trade for it. And um, you know we're no different. And you know hopefully we'll see how, how Capo and Rhymes do down the down the stretch. Maybe they they can show us that they can they can be a number one as well. Next, Greer was asked about the trade of Mikey Asimod, which I think a lot of us were surprised by, but. You know, I think there is the idea that, hey, it's not part of the picture now. If you can turn it into something for later, then that's what the team has to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, for us, I, we thought it made made sense to to do that um, value wise. But it's a it's a what it really is, is a, a tribute to to Mikey. He came in here. Um, he got an opportunity to play in the NHL every day, and he, and he ran with it. He took advantage of it. He played played hard and uh, played with passion. A lot of things that we're looking for, we look for in players, and, and he did it. And uh, you know, for an organization like Tampa Bay to, to want him to for their uh, to be a part of their playoff run just shows that. So really, it's a credit to credit to Mikey. Um, you know, we're obviously happy to kind of turn him into a pick, but you know, I got I got a, little, a lot of respect for him as a player. Greer was then asked about everything that he has done since he was hired, going back to day one and thinking about the timeline for the Sharks and if things are going in line with his relative expectations. Well, I think, um, you know, I think the Timo deal kind of pushed us forward as, and then even adding Henry Thrun the other day. I think it's, we've been able to kind of retool the, the, um, the depth on the defensive side of the prospect pool. And I think that's, that goes a long way to, um, you know, getting getting us back to where we want to be. I think we believe in those prospects. Henry, uh, Shakir, Nikita. I think uh, I don't think Nikita got really talked about too much about being part of the deal, but he was a huge part for us. Um, our scouts love him, and he's kind of a throwback player. So we look forward to him, and we think he's going to be a big part of the future. So with those guys and some of the picks we made on on the back end last year with you know Havlett and Michael Fisher, we just feel like. We've taken a step forward, um, adding to the defensive side of the prospect pool, and and, and that's the hardest part to, to kind of grow and develop. So we feel like it's pushed us forward, and, and some of the other things we've been able to create a little bit of cap flexibility, you know, starting with Burnsy and, and now 
Timo, we've kind of we've given ourselves some room financially. If you know if a player becomes available in the summer, um, that makes sense and it's in the right age frame. Maybe we can get on them and add them to the group and, and keep building this thing. Also, the word of William Eklund was out and about when these conversations were happening, and he was asked if you know he didn't want to detract too much from what the Barracuda are trying to do and trying to make a playoff run. Yeah, I think you're 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 dead on with that. Um, you know, Eki got the call today because he's earned it. You know, I've I think I've talked about that from day one. I didn't want to hand these guys anything. I think Eki probably for the last month has probably been the most consistent and best player down there. So um, we felt this was a good time to reward him for that. Um, you know, he's put his head down. He's never complained. Never asked. You know, why am why aren't I up? Um, so now he's going to get an opportunity and, uh, you know, I, I think myself and we all look forward to seeing him out there and, you know, it's it, like you're saying, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to kind of pillage the Barracuda. I think it's important, uh, hopefully that those guys can make the playoffs, but if they don't make the playoffs, at least they're, they're in it right to the end. And those can be, um, really important steps to, for player development. One of the things that everyone is wondering now is how many games William Eklund will stay up with the San Jose Sharks. Obviously, if it goes over nine games, that does burn a year of service. Um, so we'll see how long of a run he does get. I mean, obviously, if his play warrants it, then you want to get a good look at him. But at the same time, I don't think that Mike Greer wants to burn that on nothing. But I do think they want to get a look at the same time. And I think they'll probably want to get a look at Thomas Bordalo as well. So it's it's interesting, right? Like he wants these guys to earn it. He wants them to want it. And maybe another, you know, kind of dangle of a carrot before they go into the offseason is to give each of those guys some time up with the San Jose Sharks and say, okay, you want this? You want this to be everything of what you do next year? Then show me you want it. Prove to me you want it. Prove to me that I can bring you up and then send you back down and that you're not going to pout about it. You're not going to ask why. That you're just going to take it um, you know, professionally, I think for lack of a better, better term. And that's a bit of what we are seeing right now with what Mike Greer is trying to do. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll see from Eklund what he wants to see and leave him up for the rest of the year. So we have to see in that capacity. He was also asked if we should expect to see any other players from the Barracuda up. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's fair. Um, you know, I think uh, it's uh, somewhat of the time of the year to kind of see what you have and take a peek at some guys at the, at the NHL level. And, um, you know, I think we'll probably try and do that. And at the same time, our, our roster's a little thin too, so I'm sure there'll be bumps and bruises along the way where, where we'll need a body or two to come up and play some games. One of those guys with the Barracuda that came up was Nikolai Kanijov, and he was asked to weigh in on what he had seen from him. Um, I think his play is getting better. Um, you know, I think he's, he's such a good kid, but he's hard on himself. Um, no matter who you are, if you take 18 months from from competitive hockey, you're not going to step back in and be the same player you were. And um, I think he he probably in his head thought it would be a quick turnaround where he would just find his game right away. But it, it's taken a little taken a little while. But um, you know, watch him. I think I think we see the the improvement for each game. So um, you know, that's uh, what we'd like to see for him, and, and also good health with him. Hopefully, he can you know keep himself healthy, and and, and then we'll see what happens. I mean, I think everybody has to remember that he's been away from the game for a long time. Getting that fitness back, getting that skill back, it doesn't happen overnight. So that is definitely what the next step is for Kanijov to get ready to get back at that NHL level. And uh, again, it's not, it's not an easy climb to make again. And again, the fitness, the skills, the timing, everything, you're out that long. It's going to take a while to get back. 
He was also asked about Shakir Mahmoudoulin coming over and playing with the Sharks or the Barracuda once his season in the KHL is done. Uh, we'll bring him over here, um, and then we'll, you know, I'll talk with Quinny and the coaches and and uh, discuss what we think is best. But we'll, you know, when his season's over, if he's not, you know, it's a long season over there. If he's not too beat up or exhausted, you know, I think we, we look forward to seeing him uh, either with the Sharks or the Barracuda. But uh, we haven't decided, but we, we'll bring him over here as soon as it's done. A big one that came up, which I thought was really interesting, was how close they came to trading Eric Carlson. This is what Greer had to say. Uh, I mean, it was various times throughout the season. There was there was talks that went on. I don't know if they ever got to the point that they were that we really that we were really close. But there was a lot of talks with uh, with other teams, a lot of interest in them, and rightfully so. But you know, there's a there's a lot a lot that went into the into the deal, so it never ever got to the point where we felt like we were close and to, and to talk, actually bring something to Eric. It never never got that that far. He was also asked, "What is next? Like, where is his focus going to be now that we're on the other side of the deadline?" Um, I mean, we still got to keep building this thing. I think uh, I think now we got to. I think we've addressed the D a little bit. We've addressed some of the size concerns in the organization uh, we've gotten a little bit bigger um, so now I think we have uh, we kind of have the ability to to try and um, you know infuse a little bit more skill into the prospect pool and not be so focused on one thing or the other so a little infusion of skill and I, like I said earlier I think goalie goalies a prior is is a priority for us and like I said it's probably a priority for a lot of teams but but we'll keep building we'll still you know there's still lots of holes to fill and and lots of uh space on the shelves to, to keep trying to fill up. Greer also gave his reactions to his first time dealing with the deadline as a GM as a whole. Um, I mean, it was a little, it was fun. I think, uh, you know, you're trying to make that piece of the pieces of the puzzle fit and, you know, and there's the human side of it, which I, I understand. And I tried to, you know, be cognizant of when it's trading players and even the players that don't get traded, I know it can be difficult for them just to even have their name out, their name out there. So I tried to be open and uh, have some discussions with the players leading into it. Um, so it was it was good. I mean, it's at the same time it's it's trying and you know it can be kind of tedious and in a grind a bit. But um, you know I had a lot of support, the staff and the scouts and everyone. You know put a lot of time and effort into this that um, you know made it made it easier for me. One of the things that was acknowledged by David Quinn after Thursday night's loss was that the trade deadline and the chatter and the rumors had an impact on the team overall. And I was very um, surprised to see Greer, you know, acknowledge that and talk about the reality of it. And you'll hear it in just a second. But a lot of times, you know, you'll get the, oh, well, they're professional athletes. They've got to ignore that. But I mean, Greer, again, because he remembers it being a player himself, he was pretty forthcoming with how he thought it did potentially affect the team, but that he was still pleased with their efforts. Uh, yeah, hopefully. I mean, I think that's something that gets lost with with athletes in any sport. Just because you know you, they're playing a sport, there's some profile, they're making some money. Um, we got to remember that these are human beings first and foremost, and who have families and some have kids and things like that. There's a lot going on, and you know, to to be traded or the thought of be traded, and you you have to uproot your family, maybe you know, be away from your kids for another two months. It's a lot. And I think it's, uh, well, yes, it is their job, but to kind of expect people just to completely block it out and, and just play is, is probably unrealistic. Um, so, you know, I expect the group now, I think they can probably 
take a deep breath here and and expect them to play hard, you know, every night like they've done for the most part all year. Play hard, compete, and um, you know we, we're going to go out and try and try and win every game. And we like uh, the guys to keep competing because it's whether it's an audition for us to show us that they they belong here, they can be a part of the future, or every night there's other scouts from other teams in the building. So there's there's jobs to be had whether here or with another franchise. So I expect these guys to go out and give it all every night and I think uh, for the most part this season they have so it's that's that's always been good to see so all in all I was pretty impressed with everything that Mike Greer had to say whether it was openly discussing the you know the market and the talks for an Eric Carlson or whether guys were interested in Barabanov and Sturm and talking about the opportunities for Eklund and everything like he gave a lot like those are very very detailed answers that you don't often get from a general manager. A lot of time, unless a move is made, you'll say, you know, we're not going to talk about that today. But he was willing to discuss the opportunities were out there and the options. And I think that, you know, he did talk about it being a learning experience while at the same time, you know, giving credit to his staff and for allowing themselves to be in a position to where they could be, where they could take advantage of it. And I, you know, again, I think that's important for a player to acknowledge from their GM that, yeah, like they're talking about them. They all know that they're being judged. They all know that they're being looked at every single night when they're out there on the ice. That doesn't make their job any easier, mind you, but it is a reality, and you have to acknowledge that reality at some point that you are playing for your job, your next contract, your potential suitors, whatever it's going to be. It's all maybe not necessarily on the table at all times, but yeah, it's it's being discussed. It's what's being talked about um, night in, night out. I am definitely excited to see William Eklund in today's game and see what sort of a look that we get on him, but the rest of the year, these remaining 20 games are very much going to be a difficult process. Whether or not we are excited by William Eklund or whatever other prospect that does come up, maybe a Thomas Bordalo or maybe a, whoever it's going to be, I, I do think you have to look at it and think to yourself that, okay, what are we getting out of these final games? Wins and losses don't matter because, you I mean, you're, you're not going to the playoffs. We can all be very clear about that. Um, but you have to think, think to yourself, as frustrating as it might be, that the losses are going to be more beneficial. That regardless of whether or not you land Bedard, the losses are going to be more beneficial at this point, at least in terms of helping you get a better draft pick. Now, I'm always the one to say I am not a fan of just losing for the sake of losing because it does allow a mindset or a culture to creep in. But at the same time, as a fan, you have to be very realistic about what this is setting up for and what this will allow to have happen next for the San Jose Sharks. Because again, it's not about the here and now. The trade of Timo Meyer, I laugh when people are like, oh, the, the Jersey, you know, won that trade. It's like, yeah, they got Timo Meyer. This Sharks trade was never about getting better in the here and now. It's a very close-minded, myopic way of viewing the trade. And I saw other, oh, the Sharks were losers. Like, how exactly were they losers? They went into this process looking to trade players, looking to put themselves in a situation for the future. That to me at least, does not situate them as quote-unquote losers. They did what they hoped to do, and they got some very good return, in my opinion. They got picks, they got prospects, they have options now as they head towards a future, a future that was always going to be pretty close to around what we're seeing right about now. Greer said as much in his opening press conference. We're going to have to take a step forward before we take a step back. And I know that is easier said than done when I am not paying for season tickets, but at the same time, 
you know, you want this team to be better sooner rather than later. You've got to rip the Band-Aid off and take those next steps. All right, we are just about out of time. Be sure to join us at 2.30 this afternoon as we get ready for the Sharks and the Caps. Pre-game coverage live at 2.30. And then at 3, we will have the Sharks taking on Washington. I know we're all pretty excited for that one. Should be a fun game at SAP Center. Have a great time, everyone. I will see you all tomorrow morning on Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.